Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Like I miss when I could just work from nine to five, come home, cook dinner with my girl when everything made sense. And I don't know if it's like I'm trying to find happiness or if I'm trying to find like purpose. And I don't know if I'm trying to find that through someone else. Is that something wrong with me? that I need love in order for me to feel that reassurance. Hi everyone, it's Dom. Welcome back to Dom Meets World. Hope you've been enjoying the podcast so far. You know, dating is crazy and emotional, so I'm just glad that you guys are with me as I navigate everything, all of this. Also, make sure to check out last week's episode with Ines if you haven't yet. We really dove deep, and I really loved having you on the show. You know, that's my bestie, that's my best friend. But today there's a first happening. As you can see, it's just me. Um, not accompanied by anyone. We're having a solo episode. And I figured today we talk about some stuff, you know, that I've I've been accused of, like love bombing. Um, let's just discuss that topic. Let's just dive right into that. And I want to clarify, I'm I'm not one, but I'm sure none of you listening think I am. We're gonna unpack that. I just landed at like 6 a.m. It's like 2 p.m. right now. I landed at 6 a.m. I was in Chicago at a music festival. Shout out Cash App for flying me out. I've been in L.A. since the show came out, and it kind of made me realize, like, I don't know the impact that it had. Just being in L.A., I feel like a lot of people just see people all the time here. And being over there, it was like people coming up to me and rushing me and just showing me so much light and kindness, how much they enjoy everything I do. And it was just nice to kind of get away. And I also sleep on a couch since I've been in L.A., so it was nice to have a bed. But at the festival, like, if we're going to tie it back to dating and stuff like that, I did meet somebody at the festival, um, a Chicagoan. She was, I'm, I'm actually, I probably shouldn't say where she worked. I should <laughs> probably shouldn't get into that. But let's just say, let's just say uh, her name was Michelle. Let's just go with Michelle. Uh so I saw Michelle the first day, and here's the thing about love bombing, right? And here's the thing about, like, how I view things as someone that's just, like, a romantic person. I love the idea of love. I love the idea of, like, having a romantic comedy movie moment, romanticizing and fantasizing about that ideal situation. And when it arrives, I just I go head first. And it's like, is that emotionally reckless? Is it, is it love bombing? It turns into like, what is the understanding between the two people? You know, like how you both view it. Is it with malicious intent? I feel like in that moment, it's not with malicious intent. It's just, I love the idea of love. I love diving right into things. I think that's just the person I am. When it comes to love bombing, there are certain people that can use it as like a manipulating tactic, as gaslighting, they have ulterior motives, but I just love the idea of love. So the first day I, uh, I meet this woman and she's absolutely gorgeous and she's super cool and we're chatting and I'm by her side the whole time. And, and I'm telling her, I'm like, oh my gosh, you, I love you. Just offer, I'm just like, I love you. 
you know, and I, nothing comes of it. The next day I see her, I love you. Bye. Love you. And then she says it back. And it's like, you know, like the notebook. It was kind of like one of those notebook situations where Ryan Gosling's like, I'm just going to lie here. You know, and then it was like, I'm all over the place right now because I just love talking about this. But then, you know, fast forward, we get to the third day. And finally, you know, I, she gives in to the rom-com moment. And she's like, I get off early. It was a Sunday, the last day. She's like, I get off early. Where, where are you? She had my number. She's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm by the Ferris wheel. So she comes to the Ferris wheel and, you know, I get, I get us our, I get us our two tickets. Shout out cash app for the card. Uh, and I buy, I buy two tickets to the Ferris wheel and we're in line and there's like a big puddle. So I just like grab her and I carry her over the big puddle and I'm like, how many points do I get? And she's like, are we doing a point system now? I'm like, well, I want to just keep track of things, you know? She's like, if you keep on lifting me over puddles, you're going to start losing points. And it was like a really cute moment. And then we get to the Ferris wheel and we sit down and I kid you not, right beside us in the Ferris wheel cart, it said like a heart and our initials. It said D plus M. And it's like, well, okay, like this is perfect. This is meant to be, you know, and the sun's coming down. We're on this Ferris wheel. How are we not going to kiss? Like it just ha And then we kiss the entire Ferris wheel ride, people know who I am. People are like, is that Don? And it was just like this like rom-com moment. And it's like, you just fall for each other. But at the same time, it's like you like, it's like this understanding of like, well, I'm not from here. You're not from here, but let's just enjoy the moment. And it's like, is that love bombing or is that just being in the moment and seeing where things go? I think there's a, there's a line there. We have to determine what is malicious and what is just living. And that was the first time for me where I kind of felt like I can have that feeling again since doing the show. Like, I feel like before the show, I was very much like that. I was very much like, I love the idea of love and I fall head first. And everyone saw on the show, like I said, I love you. But it's like, I, but like, I meant that when I care about someone, like, I just, I love you, you know? And that's, I'm not just saying that just to say that. It's like, that's just who I am. You know, I'm a cancer sun, cancer moon, cancer Venus. What do you want from me? But from the show, I just, I became so jaded and, you know, from everything that happened and from the public's perception of me and saying I'm a love bomber and I'm emotionally reckless that I kind of became this like recluse and I kind of just avoided everything because I was so scared of people's perception. I was scared of myself and how I love. And, but I think that's a part of your journey as you date, your journey through love is the self-awareness and I think, you know, getting the opportunity to go on that show and reflect on how I love and how I give that love and how people receive that love and how, how to adjust how people receive that love. And maybe it can be perceived as love bombing. I could take accountability for that. It was no malicious intent and maybe it can be received as that. But I think then it, it comes on, it comes down to me taking accountability and, and adjusting how I love, you know, and maybe it is, I got to set boundaries not in a relationship, but maybe for myself. Maybe instead of diving right into something, maybe I'd have to, you know, take a beat and assess the situation. But, you know, after the show and all that, I became, I avoided love. I didn't want, I didn't go on any dates. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was scared, especially being in LA and the influencer culture. And 
I honestly truly thought like, I'm just never going to date again. I'm just never not going to do another dating show. I'm not going to date again. I'm just going to focus on my career and chasing bags and taking care of what I need to take care of. And that was the first time where it's like, I've like, it, w- it was so cute. Like it was just like, even if it was just a fleeting moment, like, even if like, I'm never going to see her again, even if maybe I will see her again one, but it's just like in that moment, like, it's just pure joy. It's so pure. And it's like, how could you not want that? You know? And I think it's just like understanding that it is just a moment. And it made me realize like, I can love. And and like, what's wrong with that? Like I went on a dating show and I fell in love. Like I did what I was, what I came to do, you know? I fell in love and did I fall in love too fast? Maybe, but is that not like what the point is? You know, when you go on a dating show is to date. And if you fall in love, that's what you want to do. I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot or something. And that's not me being facetious. I'm just like, you could be naive in love. And it's part of the learning process. And I think at the end of the day, it's all a learning experience. If you have been love bombed, if you have been done wrong, if you have made a mistake yourself, I think it's all part of taking the accountability after that, becoming self-aware and, and growing from that. That's like, I don't want to come in here and like defend myself and stuff like that. I'm just like trying to like look at it from like a gray area. I'm not, maybe I'm not a love bomber. I'm just like, cause like love, you bomb and the bomb dissipates and then it just like carries on. I just keep on dropping bombs. Like I just, (laughs) you know, I'm like, I think more than being like, not being a love bomber, but I just like, I love really hard and I'm loyal to a fault. And I, I think that's my personal issue that I've had to grow is like, I just like, I love too hard and I love blindly and I don't take a beat to kind of like look at or understand who I'm giving that to. And I think that's a big part of it too, is like understanding the person that you are engaging with or the person that you are falling with and understanding them. It's like, how many times have like some, have you gone on a date and you think someone is like just absolutely amazing the first couple of times because they have a mask on and then three, four days down the line, they say something or, you know, and then you're kind of like, wait a minute, everything kind of shifted because you can't keep that mask on 24 seven. Like, it's like if someone love bombs you, like, let's say like, you know, I say, I love you, you know, so fast, say so quickly, but then three years pass by and we're still dating. It's like, did I love bomb you? Or did I just love you? You know, like my last relationship was four years. And it was like, after our, like four dates in, I was like, it was like, I love you. So it's like, was that me moving too fast? Was that love? Was that like, what, how do you define that? Right. And speaking of which, I recently saw a picture of her with someone new and that kind of shook me up. But that's, <laughs> that, that, that's a tricky one. Have you ever had that? That you'd never see it? <laughs> See, I was trying something new where, like, I was, like, you know, usually I'm, like, clean slate after a relationship. And I tried something new, and, like, I ran into my ex before coming out to L.A. And we talked about it, and I was, like, okay, let's, we could follow each other again. Like, this is cordial, this is friends. And then every once in a while I'll see pictures of her. And um, and then one time she was, like, this collage, and I'm swiping through it. And the last picture was her, was with her and her, her new man, and I was, like, ugh. You know, it's, it was a weird feeling of like, I wasn't upset, 
And I was happy for it. Like, I, I did grow. Like, I did change in that way, I think. I think, like, the old me would have been, like, spiteful and, like, how could she? Like, why can't she? She's she's happy. She's moving on. But I think where the the heartbreak came from is knowing that that is gone now, you know? And I really, like, like, like I love heart, and I really did I love that woman. Like, I, I still do. I have so much love for her. And it's, like, I just, like, realized in that picture, like, that's gone. Like, I kind of, like, we ended, and then I went on a f***ing dating show and told multiple women that I love, and sh you know what I mean? And it's, like, any opportunity for me and that person to ever be together is just, like, nilch. And I think that just, like, sucked. And I just, like, I just realized, like, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to, like, how can I ever go back to that sort of love it just feels like now i'm in this place where like everything moves so fast and so many eyes are on me and it's like if i am around if i do fall for something it's like does it just become content does that person now have a preconceived notion of me is is there like any at any point am i ever going to feel like that same love that i experienced before because it is different because it's like a lot of people did watch the show and a lot of people do have a perception of me, whether it's good and they put me on a pedestal or it's negative. And it's tough to navigate the dating world like that when it's like when you do have Reddit threads about people being like, oh, he's he's immature. He's emotionally reckless. He's this people psychoanalyzing me on TikTok. It's it's like how can I? I like I like I enter rooms and I'm like I don't know who's seen the, I don't know what people's perception of me is. It's, and seeing my ex with someone new, it's like I gave that up. Like for what? I asked for this. You know what I mean? Like I wanted this. Like everybody, people know who I am. I was at a festival this weekend and everyone knew who I was. Everyone was rushing to me, whatever, like that. And I'm I love it. I'm grateful. But it's like so many times I check in with myself and I'm like are you are you happy you know like if it feels like that's like kind of the box that people put you in it's like oh do you like this person oh you and this person should talk you and it's like there's so many other people that exist other than reality stars and influencers but that's just like what's expected and and I sound like so ungrateful of shit but there are times where like I miss when I had you know 400 followers and they're all my friends and I could just work from nine to five, come home, go to the gym, cook dinner with my girl and then just like fall asleep and do it. Like when everything made sense, like now nothing feels like it makes sense. And I feel like I'm trying to find, and I don't know if it's like I'm trying to find like happiness or if I'm trying to find like purpose. And I don't know if I'm trying to find that through someone else. Cause I'm, I've been trying to avoid that. But then this weekend I'm with somebody and that felt like the happiest that I've been in a, in a while was experiencing that love. And it's like, is that, is that something wrong with me that I need love in order for me to feel purpose? Like I need validation from someone else because I want that reassurance. I want that validation. And it's just like, it makes me sick sometimes. Like, why can't I, like, why am I not happy being alone? And I try to be, you know?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think definitely kind of just getting thrown into the L.A. mix and, you know, sleeping on a couch and an air mattress since I've been here and just, like, not knowing what the next day brings kind of, like, puts you in this constant fight-or-flight mode. Like, my anxiety is just constantly just, like, at here. And and maybe that had to do with it, too. It was, like, this weekend I was on a, I was sleeping in a bed and I was comfortable and... I, did, I literally didn't have cell phone service. <laughs> so it's like I could just put my responsibilities for the side for a little bit and just kind of just, in a sense, just kind of feel like be myself again, which I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what it means to be myself anymore. Like no one's called me Dominique in months, which is weird to say. I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say through this is like love doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense, I guess. And it just comes in different forms. And I think, I, like, I'm still figuring out, like, who am I to sit here and give advice to people when I'm trying to figure out? And hopefully, I don't know, maybe you guys are going through the same thing that I'm going through right now where I don't know if I need somebody to feel happy. I don't know if one day I'll be happy by myself. I don't know. Maybe one day that'll change. Maybe that comes down to me setting my own boundaries. Because it doesn't make sense, right? Because I set aside so much time to not date to be by myself, to learn more about myself. But that didn't, I, that didn't necessarily change anything. Like, did I become more comfortable being alone? Yes. But when I found somebody and I felt that love again, did that change? No, it was still just as intense as it was before. So it's like, like, what is that? So it's like, I'm still figuring that part out. Like, is that just who I am? Is that just like a broken part of me that's just not going to get fixed because of my inner child in trauma and the fact that I probably never felt love growing up with my dad abandoning me and shit like that. I don't know. Maybe that's just so deeply rooted that it's like, it's hard to fix that. And I'm trying, but I can't figure it out. And maybe it's like, maybe it just takes more time. So yeah, just to, to wrap up the inner child, maybe it is stability. Maybe that's all it is. Or, you know, there's been times where I said like, I just, maybe I'm just not cut out for this you know maybe it's something I thought I was cut out for and maybe it's not but while I'm here <laughs> I guess we'll get into some topics <laughs> what a great segue that was that was the darkest segue of all time <laughs> don't let me do solo episodes today's topic knowing the difference between getting love bomb and someone actually liking you let's talk more about love bombing and try to assess what it actually is. Oxford Dictionary defines it as the action or practice of lavishing someone with attention or affection, especially in order to influence or manipulate them. Pretty accurate, I get. But I, but like, okay. So love bombing is just like a tactic. It's like a, a romantic war tactic to just like make someone fall for you and then they just take it away. Essentially just to manipulate someone. But then how do you differentiate someone like, I guess it would just be longevity. 
So, okay, from the information that I've just read and learned of what a low bomber is, that's that's a really manipulative, shitty person. I don't know how I got... I take back all everything I said with the accountability thing. There's absolutely no way that I'm a low bomber. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> I'm not a low bomber. I'm just a dumbass. I'm just a dumbass in love. I'm not, like, trying to control somebody or manipulate how they feel. Like, I'll just, like like, break my heart and I'll just, like, romanticize that like i just romanticize everything i am not trying to manipulate anyone i guess if you set boundaries then that would be the way to determine if you're dealing with a love bomber because i.e me if you tell me if i want to hang out with you and you're like oh no i can't tonight i just want to hang out with my friends i'm like great have an amazing time with your friends anytime you want to hang out just let me know let me know your schedule we'll hang out then and i will and i'm like a golden retriever i'll just like literally just like wait at my front door by my phone next to me until you're like okay i'm good to hang out now i'm never gonna like try to manipulate you to not hang out with your friends or to not live your life or like twist your words or gaslight you so i think that's the key in determining is like setting those boundaries of like maybe don't text them back and forth all the time and see how they react to that like don't be like me like don't prioritize and put the other person on a pedestal like that don't follow my example look how that turned out for me multiple times like, I would say, like, definitely still prioritize your life and what you want to do and kind of let that other person come into the fold as it may. It is called falling in love for a reason. Like, you don't fall in love on purpose. You kind you don't fall on purpose. You just kind of, like, you just fall. It just happens. So it's, like, continue living your life, and that person will, if it's meant to be, like, it will, like, adjust, and it will gel, and it will work, and they're not going to manipulate you and feel bad for trying to live the life that you want to live. If anything, you know, you set boundaries and they support you, you'll know that, you know, oh, this is even better if you set those boundaries and they still kind of, like, support what you're doing and check up on you and, like, you're like, oh, sorry, I can't hang out at work. And they're like, oh, you know, go kill it. Have a great time. Eat good food. So there's another tactic that I've learned that love bombers do, which is called fake featuring, which is when you've just met someone and they're inviting you to or just talking about all of these very coupley things that you guys are going to do, like maybe travel to their hometown or something. That's something I definitely do. I do that I do it all the time. I do it before the first date. I do it. <laughs> I do it immediately. I ask them, I say, I love you. I say, will you marry me? I did it this weekend. I did it on Sunday. I said... <laughs> I said, let's get married and go to Europe. So, my bad. Remember when I remember I said I took accounting for being a love bomber, and then I took it back. Maybe I am. Maybe <laughs> I'm learning more about myself as this goes along. Are they a love bomber or are they just broken inside? I'm slowly putting my hoodie on. Audience members. All right, to lighten things up because it got pretty dark in here. Um, there's this Reddit thing called Am I the Asshole? So I thought we would all come together, read some, and react to them. The first one is Am I the Asshole for getting into a relationship mainly for the benefit of being able to spend more time with my friends who have partners? But before we judge this person if they're an asshole or not, let's hear them out. Let's not, let's not judge a book before its cover. It's a wordy title. Already kind of not looking forward to this. But let's, let's hear what they have to say. So as I am slowly approaching the age of 30, 
where people start settling down with relationships, I have noticed that I seem to not spend as much time hanging out with many of my closest friends due to them having committed relationships. I personally have always preferred spending much of my single, much of my life single, as I like the freedom to do whatever I want when I feel like it. While some relationships I have had in the past have been good, I find that I often get burnt out of them after long periods of time. I notice in recent years that I don't seem to be invited out to as many social engagements, and I believe it's the fact that I don't have a partner. Now, I can understand why it may sound bad, but it would really be an asshole move to start a relationship with someone just so it would increase my total, just so it would increase my social status with my friends group, and I could spend more time with my friends doing couple activities. My first instinct is you're an asshole for making that way longer than it had to be. <laughs> that gave me anxiety. Are you an asshole for wanting a relationship to hang out with your friends more? I don't think you're an you're an asshole for that. I think you're just like you're lonely and you want compassion companionship. I don't think you're necessarily like an asshole. I think you wanting that is not an asshole move. I think you going out of your way to then get into a relationship to bring to the social just to be a friend is an asshole move to the person that you get into a relationship with. But I don't think that feeling is necessarily like asshole worthy. I think if you actually follow through with it, you're an asshole. So if you haven't done it yet, you're not an asshole. If you have done it, you're an asshole. Am I the asshole for calling my girlfriend a hypocrite and saying I could have a relationship with her dad if I want to? What? Well, wait. <laughs> what? Am I the asshole for calling my girlfriend a hypocrite and saying I could have a relationship with her dad if I want to? Me and my girlfriend, Corey, both 27, have been together for five years. I know her family. I've known her family for a long time and have formed a good relationship with her dad. We both golf and watch sports together. I consider him a friend. Like three years ago, it comes out that Corey's mom was having an affair. Her dad moved out and her mom went nuts. Oh, this took a quick left turn. I stayed out of it, but I refused to accompany Corey to her mom's house. I don't f with Jesus. <laughs> Telling your girlfriend you don't f with her mom is fing insane. <laughs> I refuse to accompany Corey to her mom's house. I don't f with cheaters and let her go alone <laughs> unless it's a big holiday or a part of it. Yo, he really fucks with her dad. This whole time, Corey was pushing her dad to reconcile with her mom. She begged him to try counseling and talked about forgiveness. Corey's dad eventually gave in and went to counseling. They reconciled two years ago. Then it became this weird situation where Corey's mom seemed to enjoy bringing up her affair. Interesting. She would post on social media how forgiveness and the church brought them back together, constantly talking about the power of prayer. I could see her dad hated it. In my opinion, he was only sticking around for the sake of the family. In February this year, Corey's dad left in the middle of the night. According to Corey's mom, her dad told me he left a note. He moved in with a woman he had been seeing. They are now divorced and Corey's dad is living with this woman. I've maintained a relationship with him. I told him I can't really blame him as he was in a no-win situation. Corey, on the other hand, has been a nightmare. She's blocked her dad, bashes him to friends and family, gets mad at me for carrying on a relationship with him. She also goes to her mom's house regularly to comfort her mom. None of this she did to her mom when she cheated years ago. Instead, saying that they worked past that together. 
Last night, I called her a hypocrite, saying that she never blamed her mom, instead preached forgiveness, never cut her mom off. She never went over to her dad's rental alone to comfort him, only pushed him to reconcile. She then demanded I stop talking to her dad. I said, I'm an adult who doesn't let others dictate their relationships, that me and her dad do not discuss her in any form. We talk baseball, so no, I wouldn't stop because she wants to be a hypocrite and not hold her mom accountable for what happened. I recommend therapy for her, but I was called an asshole for this. I don't think I need to apologize as calling her a hypocrite is accurate. Am I the asshole? Okay, this is interesting because I've actually gone through a very similar situation to this, actually. Like, not like I wasn't on the whole, like, you know, I don't f with cheaters type shit. Like, I wasn't, like, aggressive. But I did, I was in a long-term relationship um, when I was really young. And we were together for so long, and her parents actually ended up getting, like, a divorce. There was no, like, affair or anything like that. It just kind of, like, it ended. And I was actually there when it happened. And same thing. Like, I was, me and her dad were very close. We would go fishing. But I never, like, taught, like, I would literally, like, it was like I was almost having an affair with her dad. Like, it's like I would, like, he would text me and be like, hey, do you want to go fishing this weekend? I'd be like, cool. And I'd be like, hey going fishing with the boys when I'm actually, like, going fishing with her dad just to, like, spend time. Because I just, like, I felt bad. Um, but I would never, like, call her. I think I think this dude is an asshole for, like, calling her out on that stuff because I think, like, it is – it's her it's her relationship with her family. I think you can't, like, insert yourself into that even being – even feeling like you are part of that family because you are together with her, like, but that's not, it might feel like it's your mom, it might feel like it's your dad, but it's not your mom, it's not your dad. And she's going through all these emotions and you have to, it's like, I understood that, like, it's not my place. I understood that, like, I don't want to upset the dad because he's done so much for me. I don't want to upset the mom because she's done so much for me. I don't want to take sides. I want them both to be happy. But the main thing you have to make sure of is that your girlfriend is going through a traumatic experience and you have to be there to comfort her. I think that was always like my point of view on it going through that situation was like, I want to still have a relationship with the dad. I still want to like, because he did so much for me, like family vacations, all type of stuff. So I can't just cut that off. Same thing with the mom making me dinners and and everything like that. It's like I can't cut her off. So it's like trying to appease both sides, but at the same time, my main focus had to, had to be on my girlfriend and making sure that she was comfortable. And I wasn't going to do anything that didn't make her comfortable. So she's like, I don't feel comfortable with you doing this. It's like, at the end of the day, like, I'm here for her. Like, I have to be there for her because she's going through this experience. It's not me. It's not me going through this. It's like, it's a divorce of her parents. So how she reacts to it and how she, wherever she feels comfortable, she feels more comfortable with her mom. You can't call her a hypocrite for that. Like, she just has a different relationship with her mom and you just have to be there to support her and get through that because obviously she's going through it and you calling her a hypocrite and asshole isn't making that situation any better. So yeah, I, like, yeah, you're, you're a f***ing asshole, dude. <laughs> you're, you're an asshole. Okay. So Corey's boyfriend is definitely not a fan, but if you're still watching, you are, and we're going to answer your questions. Let's answer some fan questions. Number one, my friend constantly complains about her boyfriend but won't break up with him. Should I tell her I don't want to hear about him anymore? Interesting. I don't know, because it's like, mm, you want to be a good friend, but I can see how that can get annoying. 
like consistently and it's like you hear the same thing over and over again just complain and complain and complain i don't think you should tell her you don't want to hear about it anymore i think there's like a more direct and more like friendly way to approach that situation i think it could be like if she, if she won't stop talking about her boyfriend like complain about her i would just be like hey if you're never gonna change or never address this with your boyfriend then maybe just like don't bring it up anymore maybe just like deal with it because you just verbalizing it and not doing anything about it isn't helping the situation at all so i think maybe that's the approach that i would take instead of being like i don't want to hear about him anymore i'd be like hey like you keep on complaining you're just kind of talking i give you advice you don't listen you see where I'm going with this kind of I, I don't think you necessarily have to be rude because I think people are a little blinded and a little like in their own world when it comes to that stuff because like when you're I'm assuming they're probably fresh in a relationship and they don't want to lose that person and maybe like you know they feel they don't want to feel rejected or you never know what they're dealing with so I would just approach it with caution and you don't have to come to them like an asshole like Corey's boyfriend. Fan question number two. What's the best way to break up with someone? Just don't talk to them. Just like end it. Just like don't. <laughs> just. That's like the that's like the easiest way. Um, no. The best way to break up with someone. I don't know. You know, I've never broken up with someone. I think the, the most mature breakup I ever had was like with my last long-term relationship. And it was like a lot of. It was kind of like we had a conversation about relationship and like how we weren't happy in it. And we were like, okay, we're both not happy in it. Let's give it, we both decided let's give it, you know, a little bit longer. Let's give it maybe another month. And if we're both not happy, then we'll come back and we'll have this conversation again. I think that was kind of the healthiest way to come at the breakup. Because I feel like when you go into a breakup, you've, all, you've been thinking about the breakup. You know what I mean? And... I think that's the part that hurts the most when I've gotten broken up with it. Cause like you get broken up with and it's like, I know I've gotten broken up with in your head a month ago. You know what I mean? And that's the part that always sucks the most is like, I feel like I've been living a lie for the past month. Cause I already know you planned this and you talk to your friends about it and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's just how it goes. So I think the best way to break up with someone is having constant open communication. Like with my ex is like, we weren't, it wasn't working, it wasn't happy. So before having the breakup in our head or when the breakup was in our head, having that conversation of, hey, I'm not happy right now. I don't, I'm thinking about, you know, my future and I'm willing to work on this and give it more time. And, you know, I'm not happy right now, but let's, let's take a look at this relationship, what we can do to fix it. And if we're not happy in a month, then we'll have this conversation again. I think that's the best way to break up with someone. Cause then when you have that conversation, cause then you have a month to kind of like work on things and change things and change how you approach relationship. They change how they approach relationship. You change how you give your love, how they receive your love, come at it from a different angle. If it still isn't working. And then when you finally have that conversation, it was like, Hey, and it was like, you already know what that conversation is and you can approach it more maturely. So I think the best way, to break up with someone is just constant communications and constantly communicating those feelings, letting them know you're unhappy before letting those feelings fester. And then just like being like, hey, 
I think the worst way is like, hey, we need to talk. And then you just like drop them. I think it's best that constantly communicate that you're unhappy leading up to a potential breakup and telling them that there is a potential breakup on the horizon. Maybe we should work on that. And then it makes it a lot easier going forward, which is tough to do because that takes a lot to like, that takes a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It takes a lot, not like maturity, but it takes a lot of like self-reflection, which I think a lot of people don't like to do at that point in a relationship. They just want out. Okay, last fan question. How do I make my situationship commit? See, that's where, that's where you're off to a bad start already. How do I make my situationship commit? You never want to make someone commit to, to a relationship to you. But if you, like, I mean, if you want to get devious here, you know, just if you want to make them commit, just start love bombing the shit out of them. Start, uh, you know what I mean? Just tell them you love them. Tell them you, like, have so many aspirations. And just start romanticizing everything. Tell them you want to marry them. Um, take them on a Ferris wheel and make out with them and put your initials on there and just like make them fall for you real quick. That will, that will do the job. No, that's, I shouldn't, I should, okay, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, no, 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 Before someone takes that clip out of context, you never want to make somebody like commit to anything. I think the whole point of a relationship and the whole point of being with someone is that both people are willing to put in the work for the sake of being with the other person. I think that's the beauty of being in a relationship. And I think that's the difference of being in a situation and a relationship is the effort that's put into a relationship is not the same amount of effort that's put into a situationship. So that's why I would say more than, in my opinion, situations never turn out to be relationships because neither person wants to actually put forth the effort um, with, that you have to put into in a relationship. So maybe you should just dip out of the situationship and find your relationship. Um, I'm slouched way far down. I'm covered in sweat and that's it for our show. I honestly, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, hope you learned something. Hope you learned about me. Um, and took something positive away. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening and tune in. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review Domi's Road wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to Pastor Bedtime on YouTube for full video episodes and we'll see you next week.